0: to the Everything Must Go podcast. I am Steven, and with me as always is Brandon, aka Flippin' Gaming. What's up? What's up? And we got a special guest here today. She is a former podcast host, livestream partner, improv performer, and famous for her work in the incredible skit, Guy Gets Things. (laughs) Let me introduce... Jess to today's show
1: oh my gosh thank you guys
0: JD55 right. ah, JD JD
1: here in the flesh
0: I didn't specify that there's still the nickname in which I don't know the full details as to why that is your nickname
1: yeah we don't really know I
0: think you
2: I think one of your live streams you said if people do super chats you give them a special nickname yeah and I think well but why that one? I told you. well I think is it your YouTube
0: like Maybe.
1: JD55. Oh, my Instagram. Yeah, Yeah. but I think that was after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah.
0: Anyway. (laughs) How's it going, Jess? (laughs)
1: It's going well. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on.
2: Yeah, I was glad to get you on here. I mean, we hang out quite a bit, so it's uh, nice to actually sit down and record some conversation because all of our conversations are just incredible. I know. All the time. I know. Yeah.
1: You can't get any more incredible than, than that, so...
2: This is this is a merge, also, you know, of uh, bad Italians. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah! And everything must go. <laughs>
1: oh, that's true. The, mer-
0: the merger episode. The yeah. Merger. For for anyone who just tuned in now, uh, Jess and I used to have a podcast together, and we'll we'll actually we'll go over that uh, over the course of uh, the show here. Mm-hmm. Um, before we hop too far in the discussion, I I want Jess. To give uh, this, or I want to give Jess this time to brag a little bit about <laughs> who she is what? for for a few reasons. <laughs> one of which is Jess is not the bragging type at all. No. And Jess and I uh, met through social media, so some people who maybe know who Jess is because she's shown up as uh, my YouTube moderator or showed up on one of my live streams. Like, sure. there's a lot more to Jess, like the Jess before all of that. So for people who are just tuning in now tell people just a little bit about like i don't know being like things that you've done as an adult like doesn't be super detailed but like at a high level
1: okay so like everything that i've done from a creativity standpoint yeah okay okay yeah so when i was 21 i was really excited to get back to chicago i went to college at uiuc which is in champ in Champaign, and they don't have a lot you know comedy going mm-hmm. on there it's but they do have some improv that that they that, that they do and actually that's where I kind of got inspired I knew a couple people that were doing improv at UIUC so I thought well that could be kind of cool to do but it, by the time I knew them and wanted to try it I was already almost graduated so yeah so I thought well maybe it could be something that I do when I go back home because my whole family's from Chicago so you know I grew up around here and so I decided that I want to take some classes at Second City. I thought maybe I wanted to be an actress, I, you know, I, I really didn't. I you go to college, I think a lot of people can relate to this. You go to college and you major in something or you think that you have to get through college. So you do whatever you can to get through it. And then you graduate and you're like, I still don't really know what it is I want to do. Yeah, for sure. You know, and so I thought, well, acting always seemed really cool. Maybe I could do something like that. And I took one acting class, and I hated it. I was terrible. I was absolutely terrible. Like, memorization and just... I felt like everybody in the class they could cry on on the spot. They'd like, be like you're sad and then they would just cry. And I'd be like I can't get there. Like I don't know. It's like a like a bad orgasm. I just can't get I can't get there. You know, I can't I can't I can't get there. Everyone else can and I can't. And uh, you know, it's not fair. And uh, so so you know, I was like well I can't I clearly can't do that. So I saw down the hall there were people that were doing these improv games. They were, people, they were actually outside of their classroom kind of warming up together. And I was like, I wonder what that is. And I, I looked more into it. And it was actually the um, improv level A, which is the very first level you could take at Second City. It's if you don't come from a, like artistic background, you didn't come from a performing arts school, and you just want to try it out. And so I, I did, and I absolutely loved it. And I was in comedy for like eight years, maybe eight to 10 years.
2: Can I ask really quick, too? So, growing up, did you do any acting things no, at all? No, nothing, nothing at all. Nothing. So, the acting class was like your first.
1: That was my very first ah. acting class, which could be why I was so terrible at it. Gotcha. I mean, you know, I didn't. I think I thought I could master it before. And that was just very probably ignorant on my part you know people actually have worked really hard to get to where they they got and i'm just you know thinking i could try it and be just as good and i've failed horribly yeah well i think
2: people i mean we could probably speak to this i think when Mm -hmm. it comes like creative ventures in general i think people look at that as oh that stuff's easy anybody could do that
1: right yeah. but
2: it really isn't as as simple as that you know it's no there's some stuff that goes into it you know there's layers uh yeah for
0: absolutely sure. and so you did improv or comedy for yeah. eight years just add, a few of the places that you did it at and maybe like for anyone who's not familiar with improv because like when i came yeah. here, oh yeah i was not very familiar at all just like give them an idea so like how much you were doing it what yeah. kind of shows you were doing like, if there were, like how big the audiences were that that whole type of
1: yeah. thing. yeah oh man i had to really study up on it because i had no idea where to start like i had to look in and do some of my own research i went on the second city website and i found that if i really wanted to attempt to do this i could start at level a and then you go all the way now I, again i don't know if they still do it this way but when i did it you go from level a to level e and then after that you audition for their professional classes And that's called the conservatory. So you audition for level one and two, then you re-audition for levels three through six. And they give you like a final conservatory performance at the end of that. And and you graduate from Second City. That's awesome. Yeah.
2: So growing up in Mm -hmm. like the Chicagoland area, was Second City like you knew about it?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know much about the improv world, but I knew that Chicago was famous for it. Yeah. I'm you know, you grow up watching Blues Brothers. You grow up watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And, you know, like a lot of these famous actors have improv backgrounds. Sure. And so you kind of you, you know, you wiki it and you get you get the actors backgrounds and you find out that this is how they got their start. And it just sort sort of more of a motivation for you to want to try it as yeah. well. Yeah.
2: So really, like the it sounds like the origin of that improv thing really did have to do with sort of your acting aspiration. You yeah. saw what they did to start off, and then you're like, okay, this is the logical path to go through for this. Oh,
1: yeah, it was so cool. I mean, everyone always said when, when you were going through the classes that in order to be a good improviser you should also try to be a good actor or Mm -hmm. actress you know like that's part of it you want to be able to react you want to be able to be believable in your scene even though you know the outcome you'd hope is funny you still want to to have an audience that believes you you know and i can brag Mm
0: -hmm. a little bit i feel like jess (laughs) isn't bragging enough about this Uh, i'm I'm gonna take it a step further to say that i did just because Anyone who hasn't done improv maybe doesn't realize like how many steps really go into that process. Oh, I yeah. did A through E and I auditioned for the conservatory. Didn't get in. Most people don't get into it. I don't know how many attempts it took for you to get into just that part of it, but that's not even like it's not even like where you stopped. Like yeah. you got in the conservatory, like how far along did you Yeah. Did I, you go into it?
1: The first time I auditioned for the conservatory I got in. And I was in It's pretty good. Well, it's incredible. Well, thank you, thank you. But I think it was i really i was practicing i was going to jams i did a lot and but it doesn't get like you know it it seems like a really cool fairy tale like oh she got in that's great but you know it took me multiple attempts to get into level three ah. so yeah so i i was fortunate to get into level one right away because I have terrible performance anxiety, believe it or not, which is kind of hilarious because I was on stage for eight years.
0: I'll paint um. a visual for this, too. When I did the conservatory audition, there was probably 20 of us. Mm-hmm. So, like, and only two got in, maybe? two. Somewhere between, like, two and four is my guess. So, like, it's pretty good to get in on your first try. And most of those people, it wasn't their first time. How many levels did you do for how long? And What were the audience sizes like? And where did you stop, basically?
1: Okay. Um, So I went as far as I could with Second City. I went A through E, and I did Conservatory 1 through 6, levels 1 through 6. After that, you could audition for a house ensemble team at the time. It was called Twisty. I don't think they offer that anymore. I did audition for it. I didn't make it. Uh, So I actually... I, I was in between quite a few of the ensemble houses, so after i I did second city for as far up as I could go, I, I went to Improv Olympic, which is known as IO and I auditioned for for them. I, I also took classes there. I, and uh, after I took the, their classes, I, I did a, a Herald audition and I was on a Herald uh, team.
2: What's a Herald team?
1: Yeah, it is really really interesting. So basically uh Herald team is they they put together they basically they they watch you audition. The um, you know, IO watches you audition and they put together a group of, of players and the Herald is a, a form of improv that Del Close made up. Del Close uh, was one of the founders of Improv Olympic. Okay. And he didn't actually have a name for this form, and i I heard this. I don't know if it's true, but I heard that he asked somebody, what should the name of this this formation be? And someone was jokingly saying, "Oh, Harold, and he's like, okay, Harold, it is. And <laughs> yeah, I
0: forgot you told me. Yeah, that.
1: and uh, basically, it's where you have it's, it's almost like if you think of a Seinfeld episode, okay. um you have an opening and then you have three scenes. Um, ah, so
2: it's structure. Yeah, it's
1: structure. Gotcha. It's a structure. And the three scenes it could be very different, you know, uh, but you have certain characters that you make and you start a, a relationship scenes. Then you go, oh, God, now, again, it's been a while. Uh, I think you go into a game after those three scenes. And so you, you do a little game that sort of breaks it up. Then you come back and you have a whole second second scenes. And those scenes should be relevant to what happened in your the first scenes okay so if like rick and bob shared an ice cream sandwich in the first scene then maybe the second scene is rick at work or you know and now he's in trouble with his boss or something like that so it has a you know correlation but it's not the same scene Gotcha. And yeah, and then again you go into a game And then the third scenes are more so or less like chaos So now you see, you know, Rick and his boss And maybe like his boss's girlfriend And now all the other scenes can come together And they could be in this big world and it's sort of almost like Seinfeld because all of their they have all separate stories, mm-hmm. and in the end they're all sort of mushed together. Coming together. Coming yeah. together. So just mm-hmm.
2: to speak to Stephen's earlier question too, what, these things that you went through, what were the audiences like for yeah. these types of things?
1: Well, it was great because IO offers a lot of different time slots, mm-hmm. so there are many different heralds playing at once, and and then not just heralds, but actual shows that are really famous in chicago like improvised shakespeare i don't know if they'll still continue to play at io but they're at io and um a lot of people wanted to see them tj and dave it's a really popular show um so people would a lot of people would go to the heralds just to kind of wait around until a lot of those bigger shows open uh, too you know
0: so what do you think the audience was on those
1: uh, probably 30 people.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Pretty good.
1: Which is pretty nice. Sometimes yeah. you'd have sold-out shows. Sometimes you would have 10 people. It just depended on the night, the day, the sure. time slot, things like that.
2: Gotcha. Yeah,
0: yeah. and I, I can uh, attest that improv comedy is uh, really hard.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, it like
0: is. I think that I can be quick with some things, but definitely not with being on stage with random people and then trying to... Like make up a scene. It's really easy to get lost with where mm-hmm. you're at. Cause someone will say, like, you have to really be paying attention to every little detail. Like, if someone's holding on to an object, like, you have to. Cause anything that yeah. you do that screws that up, totally takes the audience out of it. So I always have a lot of appreciation for people who really, really are good at doing uh, improvised comedy.
2: Well, and it's uh, t- to backtrack a little bit. It sounds like you had more of a comfort level with improv, which seems. Like, over, like, script reading and acting. Yeah, I did. That's I really did, surprising. Which sounds counterintuitive to me, because I'm like, <laughs> you have this, like, structured thing to play off of. Yeah. I would think that you'd feel comfortable in that. Was it just the memorizing that you struggled I think with? so.
1: I, you know, yeah, it was... I got in my head a lot about m- memorizing lines, and then knowing that other people would have memorized those same lines, and if I said uh. it wrong... Somebody else, mm. you know, would have known oh, those lines. Okay. I can
0: kind of get that a little bit. Yeah, just like there's yeah. there's expectations mm-hmm. when there when there's like written lines. But when you have like yeah. the full creativity, you can just like do whatever you want. Like oh, make yeah. It, whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it
1: is liberating. You could be whoever you want. You don't ha- you're, you don't have to be you. You could be you with, you know, uh, a knee issue. You could be you with, you know, um, just you any sorts of any things. any sort of things, yeah, yeah you could you have the it's limitless you know you have the whole world which is what i really liked about improv that's
2: really cool mm-hmm.
0: so let's dive in to some of these uh these topics so so some of the topics that we're gonna go over is uh going after your dreams with the pressure of pursuing yeah. a more conventional path mm-hmm. we'll talk about the highs and lows of success with pursuing your dreams We'll talk about uh, the difficulty of knowing how to start a content journey, knowing that a lot of us uh, make a, a lot of excuses along the way. I've definitely been there before. So have I. <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly, we're going to play our world-famous game, Ooh, Movie Critics Must Go. Which, oh, fun. Which even though Jess was on the show one other time, don't think we played we this game. We didn't play
1: this.
2: I think we did a game, though. I just can't remember which one, but it wasn't this one. So this will be a new experience for you.
1: Yes. I'm excited.
0: Definitely new and great experience. So, okay. So first thing um, I want to ask you about, we kind of covered this a little bit, but so when you went to college um, at that time, it didn't seem like you you had this aspiration, like do comedy or anything yet. You didn't go to college with this idea. It, It kind of happened while you were there. Right. But walk us through your goals at that time of your life like going off to college like what what you wanted to do what you saw your future and then maybe walk us through the the part where this new thing came into the equation and now you're trying to balance these two things
1: yeah i think i went through a huge transitional period after college because i had at that point i did have a job in My field of study. So I did have a job already lined up. I had a very serious boyfriend that I moved in with right after college, um, who was an engineer and got a job right away as well. And then we decided that we wanted to live together. So on top of that, you know, things were getting kind of serious in our relationship at the time. And, you know, it was going from having fun in college, dating, being on the quad having like a very strange schedule sometimes you might you know be early classes sometimes it might not be night until night and going to like a regular nine to five and having somebody that you're living with you know it was very hard for me um you know I think some I don't know if it's hard for everybody but it was definitely hard for me and in the back of my mind I thought well I know I want I don't want just this. I'm 21 at this point. You know, I I don't know what else I want. I don't know enough to know what else I want. So I thought, well, I knew about those, peop- those people that started a group at school. And, it, you know, maybe it is something that I could look into. So, yeah. I, so I did. Yeah. And that's how I originally got involved with it.
2: And then even before that, your goal is... When you first went to college, what like, did you change majors
0: at all? Oh, yeah. or you, yeah. you did?
1: oh, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I went in as undecided. Gotcha. I was in...
0: Makes two of us, by the yeah, way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh,
1: I went in as a LAS, which they used to... It's liberal arts and science, okay. undecided. But the entire joke was LAS stood for lost in searching, you know? Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody really knew uh what they wanted to do and i think when you ask somebody who's 18 years old to pick what they want to do for the rest of their life it's um
2: i hate that structure i
1: hate it you know it's a little traumatizing and in fact a lot of people don't actually end up doing what they study in college a lot of people do other things so 100 percent. yeah i just yeah. saw
0: a stat on that and i don't remember normally i'm like good at remembering those kind mm-hmm. of stats but there is like an actual stat that says <laughs> what percentage of people actually end up doing a job related to their major and it's yeah. not that high for what Dude, you think.
2: <laughs> I know so many people that are like, they they were like biology majors yeah, or something and yeah. they're in finance now.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. Right? yeah of course. We're selling yeah. insurance. So yeah. that's, a, that's a big one. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, definitely. I mean,
2: I was a psych major and I mean, I'm in the behavioral health insurance industry but yeah. what I do isn't anything really related to, like I'm not a therapist or anything. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Let's
0: talk about that real quick. So everyone in like in college, Brandon, what what during like those years, what did you want to be?
2: So I went into college majoring in psychology. Mm -hmm. I I knew pretty early on if I was going to do a traditional path, my path would be psychology, Psychology. like a therapist. Uh, I the undecided part of me was uh, in terms of college. Was do I want to be like? Do I want to be doing research studies, or do I want to be like working with people, like a counselor, Hmm. therapist? uh, Maybe even go to med school and be a psychiatrist. I I always kind of had reluctance towards the psychiatry part of it because I felt like as a country, especially at that time, I think it's gotten better since. But as a country, we had really start started to um, rely on medications over therapy pretty heavily and just like people were prescribing things left and right. And then people are developing dependencies on drugs to cope with their emotions and stuff rather than whatever. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Basically, I knew I wanted to do psychology if I was going to follow a traditional path. Yeah. Um, I wasn't entirely sure on uh, what type of psychologist I wanted to be, but then I dropped out of school to pursue music as we've talked about quite a bit on Mm -hmm. the, on the show um, and then when I went back, I just hopped right back into psychology. psychology yeah. um, and then I was going to get my master's in it so I could be a therapist. But then I dropped out of that program to come here <laughs> yeah. and pursue the creative stuff again. And yeah. then you, I mean, your job has nothing to do with your degree, does it?
0: No. 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 Yeah, no. I, talk about your... Yeah, at that, so I went into college knowing that I was either going to do... Uh, I went on to... I went in undecided and I was either going to do teaching um, broadcast or just <laughs> get a business degree. Those are the only yeah. three options. I eliminated teaching right away. Cause I was just like, I know me, I know that I'll get like bored of being like, the, I, I feel like it'll be like the same thing over and over again. And like there won't be any variety to it. It's so, like that was going to bother me. So I, I eliminated that. And then it was just between broadcast and business. And I, I picked broadcast cause it just seemed more like, of a fun major to yeah. do, and I figured that like if I did broadcast, I could still do business, and that's exactly like what basically ended up happening anyway. So, and not to mention, I think the skill set of broadcast is just really helpful. So,
2: do you ever wish? Um, in, do you ever wish that you did business? <laughs>
0: uh, I do. Actually, do? I do. Actually, in hindsight, so I've my answer's always been no, but a little part of me. Almost thinks yes Because I th- I think for a fact I would have actually Ended up doing All the YouTube stuff anyways yeah. Right <laughs> Which yeah. is ironic Because at the time I was like Well I'm going to end up Doing the business stuff anyways So I should do All the broadcast stuff Yeah, but yeah. like it in have been w- the other way around Yeah yeah But like in a weird way Actually now that I know myself And just thinking Of the trajectory of my life Like Maybe I would have been better off doing it the opposite way around. But who I mean who knows, but yeah. I've All started right. to think like come around to that idea that maybe I should have done it the opposite. What you were
2: saying you th- think the same
0: oh, way? Oh,
1: I would I would do business. I don't think and I think maybe my parents tried to tell me and maybe I just wasn't listening, but when you eventually get out of school, you realize that the whole world is business. Yeah. Even if you have no interest in it, it's kind of like well, this is how this is how, you know, the economy operates. And eventually you have to figure out what finance means to you and how you're going to save and Roth IRAs and 401ks. Yeah, still, still can't figure out all that things stuff. That I, by Trying the way, to learn. When I say this, I talk like I know what I'm talking about. I've I've seen it on a sheet of paper. I don't, buzzwords I, at this point. I don't really know. I don't really. This is the spin. It's been spewed at me, but I don't really know what this all means and I think that maybe if I went for the you know finance or accounting or something I'd have a little bit more you know of a upper hand
2: my biggest fear with all that though is I don't know if I would have been able to finish school I feel like I've been so bored oh I I know practically speaking I wish I had those skills you know I I I don't like the business side of things so I almost wish I would have done it just to be like Oh, now I know how this stuff works. I know how to play the system. I know how to, like, sell myself so I can do the creative stuff and build a business out of it. But I, I mean, it's so tough to say. Too, it's It's like hindsight bias is twenty twenty, and who knows what path we would have led down had we gone a different road. Yeah,
1: I mean, and and I, I enjoyed when what I actually majored in. You know, I so when I studied my actual major i i was excited and interested in it you know i i did try to take a couple business courses you know as electives and they to me i just they're also very hard they're very hard they're challenging i feel like you're using a different part of your brain that right. i i have not really used to using and i you know so there was there was challenges there as well. And I think I would have been kind of bored, too. I so there is something to be said about having fun and doing what you're interested in and and realizing sure. that you can you can have that opportunity to learn that in life later if it is interesting to you.
0: So it, it kind of feels like you went into college with this like very conventional way of doing things, whether because yeah. your parents put this on you, like this idea that this could work it kind of seemed like mm-hmm. you yeah, had this conventional idea. And then towards the end, you start piecing together that you've got some interests that are maybe unconventional. Oh, yeah. So Mm -hmm. was there a part of you that was like extra attracted to the idea of doing something that was unconventional? And then what was like, was there pushback on it?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, There was always pushback on that because a lot of the times when I would perform, say I, I had a show, those shows would be at, 8.30, 10.30. Sometimes I'd have midnight shows. And I was expected and did. Don't know how I did it, but I'd get up at 6 and drive to work, you know, and get there at 8 or with my first job. And then when I ended up getting my second job, I it was a little bit more flexible, but I was still needed to be there at 8 or 9 in the morning, you know. And this so. wasn't
2: a second job at the same time. This was a whole new job.
1: This like, was, yeah, this was, oh... I would say, I would say, uh, I maybe was like one or two years into this job gotcha. when I was, yeah, I was probably about two years into this job when I really started getting in and doing a lot more shows. And, gotcha. Yeah.
0: Did it? Did you feel like it was making your job harder? Like, was there any part of you that felt guilty at your job because you felt like maybe your performance slipped at all?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I am so. I don't know what the right word is, if it's prideful or I I don't I, know. I think
0: you're prideful. I'm probably pretty prideful. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I wasn't
1: going to let it get in the way. I, you know, whether it meant like drinking more cups of coffee or staying up and focusing more to, to try to understand, I, I was going to make sure I did my job right. But when you're worried about your job from 9 to 5 and then you have to go home and you have to eat, And you want to relax a little bit, but you can't because then you have to go to practice before the show. You know, eventually that stuff sort of takes a toll. You know, it it becomes like for six hours, eight hours, you're, you're thinking about one thing. Then your mind doesn't get a break and now you have to go in and play a character, you know, or play or you don't have to when you do improv you can you can certainly be yourself you're a character in your own right but you know you can do whatever you you want that's the beauty of improv but it still comes with a lot of mental thinking as well Mm -hmm. yeah
2: Yeah, and i can speak to that too that i i'm kind of i i feel Mm -hmm. like i'm struggling with that quite a bit right now and in in another and i you can say if you felt this too the like the streaming that creative stuff I love so much yeah so like not only is it kind of tough to be like I gotta get mentally prepared for a work day yeah and then switch it over to oh now it's streaming time but it's also like when I'm at work I wish I was doing this other thing yeah and so it's I and then I'm also in a way when I'm streaming I'm dreading the fact that I'm gonna have to stop doing the streaming and do the work so I'm like distracted by both things while I'm doing those things. Yeah. And I feel like I can't fully give myself to either. I know. You know, and it's... That's the hard part. It is. Mm-hmm. It is really hard. And like you talked about, there, there's a sort of lack of decompression, mm-hmm. whether you try to do it or not sometimes. And I feel like sometimes I I really feel like my days are blending together. Like yeah. I'm also... I, like I'm almost disassociating from the present because my brain is trying to relax a little bit. Yeah. But I'm also in this place where I'm like, but I just love doing it. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. You know, I got to push through and maybe one day it'll lead to something better. Did you feel that way too? That one day it'll be something better? Yeah.
1: I felt, you know, when I was going through the process, I had some really lucky moments, some really great opportunities that, that I felt like, I was on top of the world, you know, and then I equally had real shit opportun- you know, not opportun- real shit experiences. Right. That made me feel like I was at the bottom of the pit, you know? So I had, I had really great experiences, but I also didn't have great experiences. And when that happened and it just, the job and improv got too much. I ended up, honestly, just burning out. I just, and my improv was shit. You know, I was reaching for jokes, which you should never do. Mm -hmm. And I ended up, you know, getting cut from my team at uh, at IO. And a lot of people will tell you it's not a big deal. You know, go on, do something else. To me, it was a big deal.
2: Yeah, it was a big defeat for you. It was a
1: big defeat. And I actually the reason that I talk about Second city and IO so far in the past is because it was I I mean my last real show I think was in oh let's see maybe 20, 20, 2016 you know and then I've I've played on and off for a few years with friends, but my last real show was probably around then. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, so on this, that's obviously like, like where a big part of the episode is going to is like kind of leading up to that moment. Mm-hmm. Before you get to that moment, you had talked about that. There was some times where you felt like incredibly good about the whole process. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and we all know that, when you feel really good, it just means that you have that much further to fall as much as that yeah, sucks. Yeah, like you're there's, right. <laughs> there's literally nothing worse than having like this super high of something. It's kind of, I mean, let's be honest, it's like in a relationship, you get in a relationship, feels incredible in the beginning. And then when it, when you go through that breakup, especially if it's unexpected, you just like, you just sink and you just, you feel, you yeah. feel like you just, you didn't just like hit the floor. You just like went through the ground and you yeah. feel awful. So leading up to that point, What are some of those those high points that you remember that like where you really felt like you were on cloud nine?
1: I will say, just to kind of piggyback off of what you said, I've had some really fun and great opportunities since twenty sixteen. I've had a show that my friend puts on, and I before COVID it used to happen um, yearly, and I remember. Having a great improv set with him and feeling really good about that, and to know that you could still get back on the horse a few years later, and you know, continue character work a few years later, and make the audience laugh, and now you're in a better mind space. Because, um, yeah, headspace, headspace, headspace. You're in a better headspace now because you're you're not continuously bringing yourself down because you're trying to focus on too many things. You know, the work becomes better. To me anyway, it helped it helped it become better for me. Yeah. And I would say some of my positive opportunities that came along what was probably around 2014, 2015 when I was playing a show and you know, there was it wasn't a herald show. It was just a show with friends and one of the, um, the the producers or the someone, you know, who's really popular at I.O. saw me play, really liked me and put me on a team. Nice. And I thought that was I was I was on Cloud Nine. Yeah, I bet that's Cloud awesome. Nine. Cloud nine. I it was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing
2: well cuz it's it's one thing to like feel to find confidence in yourself and your in your uh creative prowess whatever but it's another yeah. thing as much as we don't want to uh cling to that external validation yeah, when you yeah. have someone who's like this I yeah, like this yeah yeah
1: oh I was ecstatic I was I couldn't believe it I felt like this could be my you know maybe again ignorant <laughs> but I was like maybe if you know, if she likes how I play. Maybe a lot of other people might like how I play. Maybe yeah. that would lead to something else. Yeah, the, the validation know? is the
0: best. And yeah. that's that's one of the toughest parts about doing content is like, well, one, it's very rare that anyone in real life like comes up and validates what now, you're doing. I know, doing, but, I know. But it is like as much as you want to do things just because you really enjoy doing it. there, It's awesome when you have those moments where yeah. you're validated. It's like, yeah. hey, I really appreciate what you're doing. I want to be...
1: It felt great.
0: I want to be a part of it. Like I want to do more. I want to see more. I do want to hear
2: too, Steven, you talk about... I mean, you you and I have both been through such a journey with this content creation stuff. And I don't know if I've ever actually asked you, what do you think your high moments are within this journey? Because I'm hearing her talk about this and it's really Mm -hmm. cool to hear. I don't know if I've ever asked you, what do you think your... you were super proud of this or wow, I got such a good reaction with this. What are the checkpoints that you like? Wow. This is, this was awesome.
0: Okay. So I guess doing them, I'll, I'll try to like, instead of going in depth on all of them, I'll just say all the checkpoints that really just like stand out to me. The first one that stands out to me was when I put out, uh, the truth about Disney college program. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Because like, that was the first real YouTube video that I put out and it got over 50,000 views. Oh my God. And it was like so liberating that wow. I did this. And the the true story is I cried the day that I recorded that video. Yeah. And I literally talked myself out of it. I was like, dude, like pick yourself up wow. and make this video. Cause I just like, I, I just was like, I was like very, I was just, it was a rough time. And I just was like, I want to talk myself into it. Yeah. I, I, I spent seven or eight hours straight on that video that night and just like putting it together. And like, in hindsight, tons of things are wrong with it. But no, for my first right. video, yeah. I think like I hit it out of the park in terms of like, I actually got some results. People messaged me. It, it, it was, yeah, it was like nice. Like I did like a, uh, it, it. Someone like a couple people interviewed me for it, so like that was kind of cool. So there's that one. Well, before you, really quick, I don't yeah, want to yeah, yeah,
2: dive yeah. in too deep, but I will say going back and watching that, and I encourage everybody to watch that. <laughs> yeah, because it's good. Obviously, you've uh, developed more skills and and understanding of how to approach making videos and stuff. Yeah. But there's. There is an authenticity and a vulnerability about that video that I like to go back and watch every once yeah. in a while. Yeah. I know a little bit of what you're going through and stuff, but I also yeah. just like you weren't as seasoned of a no. YouTube yeah. creator yet. So yeah. it's like it's kind of cool to go back and watch that. It
1: is cool. For it's sure. One of my favorite videos I think that you did Yeah. have done.
0: So that one that one uh the first time I saw myself on TV cuz like yeah. my entire life my goal was like to be on TV. So the first time I actually like, and the circumstances behind it were just like, there's like 200 people watching me. I had to get the whole thing in one take. It was like super high pressure for the first time. And yeah, that was just super liberating. Um, on, on like a, a, a different side of things, when I hosted a comedy show, like I did stand up once, but I just like got this ballsy idea to put together this like hour long comedy show where I hosted it with someone else, and, like, they told me not to do it. They're like, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> and, like, I did it anyways, and it wasn't, like, a big show by any means, but...
1: So what? If you had I fun.
0: I hadn't done any, like, my entire life, I hadn't even, like, stepped foot on a stage since I was in, like, middle school, or elementary school. So wow. it was just, like, for me, that was, like, a huge thing. I came to Chicago, and I stepped on the stage, and I did that. That stands out to me. Um, and, and then... Aside from that, I mean, getting recognized in public—that was a cool moment. Yeah. Just because it's like I was with you in the. Yeah, I, Brandon was with me, and getting recognized That's in public—just so cool. to be like, "Wow, I've I've done enough where somebody could recognize me." Like that—that that was, that was kind of a cool one. Um, those are the ones that just like immediately jump out at me.
1: That's yeah. cool.
2: That's awesome. I mean, it it's just kind of cool to like every once in a while look back at these these places that we've reached or these little moments, you know, oh, yeah. throughout this process. Like, and this is one of the things I like about this life is I feel like, you know, I could do the traditional 9 to 5, work my way up a corporate ladder. I don't know if it has those same life experiences or rich experiences to offer me. Like, I feel like these, like, surprising aspects of this kind of unconventional pursuit yeah. that, that it provides. I feel like that to me feels like living. Like I, I feel like, you know, when I'm on my deathbed, looking back at, at, you know, whether it was ups and downs, twists and turns, whatever these just little moments throughout the whole process. I, I think it's beautiful. I think it's an awesome part of it all.
1: Yeah. Well said.
0: Definitely. Um, Brandon any of uh, those checkpoints you want to talk about
2: uh, I mean writing an album and recording it and finishing it and then all, um, also writing my uh, theatrical performance those are two like yeah, huge cool. projects that I took on and I had more I want to do with music and I hope that one day I can uh, you know, cultivate that and, and finish some of those projects um, but uh, those, those are the two biggest I think that The podcast, honestly, you know, there have been a lot of great moments of the podcast, but just starting the podcast in general, I think, was a huge, like, um, catalyst into me finding my identity again and uh, putting creativity back at the forefront of my life. You know, whatever happens with the podcast at all, you know, whether we took a break, whether this Mm -hmm. is here to stay, whether this blows up, whether this never does it, like, the podcast will always have that significance of just, like, this brought me back to me almost and then um i would say that um two things within streaming number one i think the first week that i really committed to streaming i it was actually like this week last year um it was just this thing where like almost immediately i was like wait a second i love I really like doing this. Yeah. I don't know what all this is going to turn into, but it's just like I kind of stumbled into it. I had started kind of moving things to this gaming idea and then streaming. I started having a lot of fun with it and it just, I realized, holy shit, this is something that checks so many boxes for me. And then just recently I did a 24 hour stream. <laughs> um, I can't believe you did that <laughs> Yeah, still. which that was wild. It was it's uh, amazing. It was kind of a bucket list thing. We had talked about doing it. Um, we, I still want to do one yeah. together. That's we could amazing. do one together for sure, um, but it uh, man, it was tough. But holy crap, was it such a cool event? Because i I had things scheduled out. I had awesome people as part of uh, the um, the 24 hours, and I made so it cool. through it. So it was that's it was, amazing. It was awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's great. Good for you for that. Yeah,
0: thank that you. was wild. I want to ask yeah. you more about that later. It's pretty funny. Um, I know you, Jess. You talked about it a bit, but. When you got those, uh, we, we all talked about the high points, but uh-huh. we all know that uh, it's not all fun. There's definitely been some, some low points for all of us. So, Jess, what yeah. are the lows, and what was like that specific moment that made you be like, I'm not going to do any of this comedy stuff anymore, or at least for the time being?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, as of 2016, I've stopped playing pretty much. I've taken a couple courses, classes since then with some of my favorite instructors. I've taken I've I've been invited to do some improv with a a lot of, a couple of of my close friends, which I would do yearly except for COVID happened and so we weren't able to do that last year and this year might be a, a big if as well. So you know, it's it's kind of strange, but even with my break, it was only a few years and then with COVID that sort of took a natural break. I mm-hmm. I think for a lot sure. of people, you know. Yeah. And I will say the more you assess how you really feel about something and the, the more you know you love something, the better you'll be as long as you're in that right headspace. As long as you understand that Maybe working and doing it at the same time didn't work out, but you could still do it and not put that stress on you and feel like you have a much better outcome and just overall get back to enjoying it. I I would say my low point, of course, was when I realized how burnt out I was trying to do both at the same time. Yeah. and.
2: Was this before you got cut too? The, your your realization of the burnout.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I had a feeling I probably would be cut because I was so burnt out, and again, I was just not myself. That they they probably saw my work as not very, you know, not not as is um acceptable any longer. So I I do understand. And then of course, you know, there's politics too with everything sure. with corporate jobs there's also politics within you know comedy clubs right so i you know when you don't feel like you're as well liked as other people you feel like at least i felt like it, i was being pushed down a little bit more too
2: well and i also i mean steven can attest to this too about jess is like you are such a genuine person and I feel like you're also an emotional person kind of like Steven and I are where yeah. it's tough for you to fake it
1: yes or it's, yeah it's
2: tough for you to just pretend that everything's okay and yes and you know uh like your performance can be impacted by how you're feeling within things yeah. just like ours can oh yeah so I I can imagine when you start to recognize this feeling of burnout, that it probably significantly impacted oh, your performance.
1: I would cry after shows. Yeah, I felt like the you know everybody that I played with hated me. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. But
2: You're like I, a when it rains, it pours. When type it rains,
1: thing. it pours. Literally, when I got cut, it did start, it did start raining. Oh, raining? Really? Yeah, yeah, it did start raining. I walked out yeah. to my car, and in the rain, it was like a freaking B movie that you might see, like the, <laughs> wow. the main character walk out in the rain without an umbrella, like all defeated.
0: But 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 that moment, when you're walking out there, because this is the part that, see, I and I've had these moments, too, where something <laughs> bad happens, but then a little part of me feels like, a sense of relief just to know like okay so this is not the thing like right in this yeah. moment like this whatever i was doing it's not it so was there any part of you that as you walked you walked back to your car you sat down you start processing things does any part of you feel like okay maybe like something good can come of this
1: yeah again i I have a lot of pride. I'm not going to I'm not going to stop saying that because even when I walked in my car, I said these people have seen the absolute shit worst of me. I was performing at my worst. I was everything was swirling around in my head mentally when I was up on stage. I knew I was better than that. I felt I was better than that. I went through years of training. If I wasn't better than that, I don't I I couldn't imagine. You know, it's like, it's like repracticing over and over again for something that you love. And, you know, I, I really wanted to show that I, I could, I could give them what they wanted. I, that's, that's, and maybe that's everybody. Maybe, you you know, you'll see, but I really, I really felt that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Wow. I mean, that's pretty heavy. It's like, I mean, you talk about how it's like a movie of this, this sort of defeat and, I get that pridefulness of like, mm-hmm. I I want to show that I'm I'm worth it or that like like you said I was at my absolute worst I you know I can get back to this place I mean did you feel like. You know, what steven was trying to I, I think get at it was like this liberating feeling of, well, even with the burnout thing, like,
0: yeah, did you yeah. feel like,
2: oh, I don't have to worry about this anymore? Now I can just focus on the conventional thing?
0: Did you feel yeah, that I, that's what I I'm mean, wondering. Like yeah. did, basically, did you like now say, okay, well, I'm gonna just focus more on this conventional path.
1: actually, I did. I did. I thought everybody really wanted me to focus on the conventional path anyway. Everything else I did was a hobby, quote unquote. Why not just, you know, my my boss and my work, I think, also expected me to, more of me. So I was like, fine, fine. I'll give everything I can then to my job. Yeah. And I did. And I, I have been.
2: Yeah. yeah. Do you have any, like, regrets within that? Do you feel good about, like, what what are your feelings about, like, maybe mentally change, switching focuses?
1: Yeah. There... I, I'm interested in my job. So as much as I complain about my job, as much as there's also politics in my job, sure. I still really love my job. and i I became I try to become an expert in in a lot of stuff at my job so that people feel like that they could come to me that they could rely on me. Of course, if there was other opportunities to perform again, it was safe to go into theaters. There was a group that liked me enough that wanted me to play with them. There, some of the classes reopened. I I haven't looked into it, so I have no idea if classes are open again at some of these theaters. But I I would like to at least try to take a class again. Sure. To get myself a lot of times classes are just practice anyway, so it could be fun to go back up and and try another try another go at it
2: yeah how does it feel being like i mean you've been uh, uh part of the nucleus i think really of steven and i through this through a lot Thank of this you. stuff even if you haven't been on camera or on my stream or anything like you've been here with us, talk to us. You named one of our podcasts. I did. So- <laughs> yeah we all know that
1: <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't
2: let us forget it. Let's say that my
1: <laughs> chemistry romance. <laughs> so what's
2: that been Like, do you feel like it's encouraged you to get back out there? Do you? Oh yeah. You no, feel good about like the yeah. stuff you've done with us?
1: Oh my god, you guys! I think have really saved me in a in a way of feeling good about creating things again. I. It, it was great when I met Steven, he had showed me like the behind the scenes work of what went on with just every everything you have to, to do to, to get this to work, you know, and mm-hmm. it, it's amazing. And so I, I feel really grateful to be able to help out, whether that's behind the camera or in front of the camera. Sure. But yeah, you guys are awesome. I'm so grateful.
0: So let me ask you about okay. this this sort of transitional period because I think, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, and, and, and it's actually one of the things that annoys me a lot is when people talk about going after their goals. I think a lot of times people act like goals can't change or goals can't be modified, like clearly they can. If I stuck to my original plans when I was younger, I, like That would have been a stupid idea. It would first have been off, an astronaut? First off, I want to be like a train conductor at one point. I'm like, that's not the job for me, sitting on a train all day long. No, thank I you. Did, mm, I think you missed your calling, dude. You're a train yeah.
1: guy. You're a train guy. You could pull off the hat. Oh, my God. Oh, de-
0: yeah, definitely. You got it. But, like, for real, it, it is one of those things where it's like, I think it's perfectly understandable. And I've done it so many times, which is why I even mentioned this. It's like, I think I want something. And when you think you want something, you go after it. You experience it you figure out what you like and you don't like and then you make your next decision and like that's what the process looks like so for you you did improv Mm -hmm. you you did well at improv but you got burned out so clearly like the exact system that you had put in play of doing improv working full-time there was something there that there was like some disconnect where it wasn't going to to work any longer or keep you or keep you happy okay so so then Brings you in like this like next chapter. You start focusing more on your job and then you come to a point where uh in twenty when do we meet? Twenty nineteen. Twenty
1: nineteen. Okay,
0: so mm-hmm. um twenty nineteen rolls around. From what I remember when I first met you in some of our initial conversations, mm-hmm. you started to get into watching YouTube. Like it became yeah, it became yeah. something that became like a big part of your life. And I know um, before we did this episode today, you were talking a little bit about how even when you were doing improv, there was a lot of discussions around how like, well, the future's changing. You can create your own content. Yes. So what what was your introduction into content? And you can even talk a little bit about like getting involved with doing stuff with us.
1: So that is the beauty of YouTube, in my opinion, and beauty of Twitch, the beauty of, of streaming in general you have the opportunity to not have to have an institution or a club tell you what to do or or give you a team that you have to be on. You can create anything, anything you want. You know, the the world, tell me if I'm saying this right, the world is your vice?
0: Oyster. Oyster? Yeah. A crab. Well, your, the world is your crab. The, yeah. world, the world, is world is your crab. crab. Yeah, I think it's
1: the same. <laughs> oh, it's all of the above. C. Always pick C. <laughs> uh you know so you, you just you have so much opportunity that that you can you can use as long as you have a camera anybody could see what you're up to what you want to film what you want to do at any quality it's it's amazing it's truly amazing
2: so basically the only fans is coming out
1: <laughs> yes my only fans um <laughs> will be out <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that, that's what they—that's what they uh, literally told you at improv, right? That they—they they told
1: like, me that in in a class in 2013, I think. And I don't know when YouTube became
0: 2005. That's okay. When YouTube started,
1: but okay. Well,
2: 2013 was kind of a heyday of YouTube. I feel like
1: wasn't it?
0: Yeah. I mean, at that point, you're starting to get into like people start taking note of like full-time youtubers yeah that's like a real thing you can make money on
1: I mean the cool thing about content is you don't have to do what I did you don't have to go to a nine-to-five and then be on another schedule where then you have to go perform great point you know you can you don't have to burn out anymore you can do content at any time of the day you could still do your nine-to-five and still enjoy your content, it's t- Twitch, streaming in general. I don't know what the young kids are calling it. TikTok. TikTok. Tic Tacs. Tic Tacs. Tic the orange kind. <laughs> so good.
2: Let's get more into the Tic Yeah, thing. all so right. What do you think about? <laughs>
1: Yellow and orange number five. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's it's honestly, it's it's amazing. Anybody can make content. And you don't have to follow a set schedule to do it.
0: So so you got into watching YouTube obviously yeah, and
1: that probably um, I watched others create. yeah, I did. I, I couldn't create myself, so I watched others create.
0: So what were some of the like original videos that you started watching that got you into content? Oh man, do you remember like any youtubers or types of videos you were watching? like, for example, I remember, what kind of got me weirdly enough what got me like extra enthused on it was I was watching a lot of like PewDiePie and Marcia yeah. making YouTube videos and I was like man this would be kind of cool just like these videos are so simple it's just them like hanging out but I kept watching them because I'm like that would be a cool life yeah. <laughs> to be a content creator with like a significant other
1: well I think you'd probably make fun of me but my I really love makeup and I know that I didn't I don't have like anything like <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Thank you guys very much. Yeah. All
2: right. So, our next guest is, uh, we got Coda. Uh, Coda, come over here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you watch some makeup? I watch, I
1: love makeup YouTube. All right, you're boring us
0: with the makeup YouTube. She watched some YouTube videos and she found the best YouTuber, Stephen Russell Talk about All
1: right, fine, fine. Well, if we're going to get over to that. Yeah, though, I really enjoyed, you know, because actually it reminds me a lot of what you do, Brandon. Like, you don't just. Game you also talk about yourself. You talk about your life. You talk about your mental health You talk about things that you love that you don't love you get to know the person It doesn't matter what they do Mm -hmm. If you know the person and you like the person you want to hear more of what they have to say And that sort of happened with with makeup tutorials. I I loved the people behind them and And they just have such great personality that I just ended up watching a bunch of their videos You know and Stephen, he was his one of his videos was recommended to me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and like it's the truth about moving to Chicago. Was that it?
0: Yep, the
2: big one.
1: The big one. The big one. And I watched it, and I thought to myself, "What does this kid know about living in Chicago? Because I grew up here. What does this kid who just moved here?" have to say about chicago and i gave him a chance and i watched it and he was so real and he described everything just so perfectly like he lived here his whole life and i i had to reach out to him i had to you know say
0: it's probably the leather jacket to be honest with you yes i was highly (laughs)
1: attracted to the leather jacket (laughs) i didn't really care about his content at all (laughs) at all it was pure look (laughs) yeah yeah and it was great he he's so real and sometimes you don't see that a lot of times you don't see that people are sponsored people feel like they have to say a certain thing that so they're not criticized or they want to fit in with what other people or how they're reviewing it they don't want to be the outcast reviewer so but you know. It's, yeah. You know. Well,
2: well, really quick though, we are sponsored by Leather
0: Jackets Yeah, so Leather Jackets. To that a little bit. Leather yeah. Jackets. Uh, leather 50% Jackets. percent off. Get chicks. <laughs> Use code get chicks Use for fifteen percent off. off. <laughs>
1: Jesus. But get
2: is spelled G I T.
1: Yeah. Get. Get. Wait. This. Yeah. Is, this
0: actually is making me think. Like when I make, I <laughs> I'm thinking about my YouTube videos, like. Am I am I saying things knowing that people are, like... Because, like, am I going out of my way to just actually say things or am I trying to say things that I think people will want to hear? Now I'm, like, actually thinking about it, and I think, like, a lot of the videos that I've made, people, they don't like what I have to say. I do feel like... I don't know. I do a- feel like I don't... Like, I'm a little more likely than a lot of YouTubers to just, like, point out things that are clearly flawed, where some people, I think, would be, like, just kind of glaze over it to make it a little prettier like the content See, i steven i I, about
1: it. I wouldn't worry about it you still have 49 states that like you enough so yeah you know, that's true you know the battle but, against
0: west virginia was a uh, long fought but yeah uh,
1: you tried, threw you, in tried. The towel. you really you put in a good old <laughs> fight and uh you gave it a shot the funny thing is is if you actually listen i, mean, I don't mean to get off <laughs> off track here but if you actually listen to his reasoning he doesn't say anything bad. He he says, "Oh, I'm more of a city person, but if you like the scenery, the the beautiful nature that West Virginia has to offer, then I would say live there, but it's just not for me." It's not for you. You hate West Virginia. Yeah. You know, it's like, "Oh my god, he, he didn't say anything like that." The the context yeah. on
0: this, I made a YouTube video about West Virginia and it has like 40 something thousand views and yeah. not in a good i feel way. like it was a pretty even keeled <laughs> perspective on west virginia but i got a lot of comments from people from west virginia that were not happy <laughs> oh, yeah. about it at all but that's just part of being a content creator yeah to be honest with you
2: so were you watching youtube content with the aspiration of i want to Sort of like how you started with improv, where you searched these actors that you respected, saw their background, and then started doing improv yourself. Were you now researching YouTube content with the idea of maybe this is something I'm going to do?
1: I I did, actually. I really wanted to. My biggest concern with starting a content channel is the the backlash. I've, I've just felt that... I've read a lot of comments of from other people's videos. I've seen a lot of negativity and bullying online, and it's not very fair. And a lot of times it comes out of left field, or or people are just trolling to see what, what reaction they could get. But it's it sucks when you you see like this beautiful YouTuber and people are calling him or her fat in the comments, mm-hmm. or you know and their whole video wasn't even on that it was on something else or design designer wear but sure. they then my, my my second thing though is that i never thought that i had the enough experience in in makeup or in anything that i could talk to it on youtube that's so, a
0: really tough hurdle to get you know, over like yeah. cuz i do i find myself with that same thing where Anything that I want to talk about, I'm like, do I actually know this better than anyone else? Because, like, to me, I don't want to do something unless I feel like I'm going to hit it out of the park. So that's happened to me before. It's like, do I actually know a lot about Chicago? Do I, like, and we've talked about, like, baseball. That's something where I feel like I do know a lot about it, but do Mm -hmm. I know a lot about enough of the right things to even be able to speak to it? Like, I may know a lot about basic stats, but do I know the advanced analytics? Like, I I feel like you can kind of always talk yourself yeah. out of it, which is the bad part.
2: So you don't feel like you'd be able to separate yourself from that backlash, like those comments? You don't think, you think that they would impact you to a level where you wouldn't want to do YouTube?
1: I would hope not because it's obviously it's just the way of social media. Like this happens.
2: People sit behind a keyboard. People sit and, behind
1: a keyboard. They yeah. feel like they could say whatever they want, even though there's a real person behind the camera. They still feel like they could say whatever they want, and yeah, I I do think it does stop me a little bit. I I want to say that it shouldn't because again, it's pretty normal. But I it does a little it bit.
2: Does stop you? Yeah.
0: yeah. What about what you've done content with me?
1: See, I'm okay with that because you have such a strong confidence and positivity on your channel, and. I know that there are people that back you and support you and care for you to succeed so I appreciate that and I I don't have you know I don't have an issue with helping you with your content
0: so do you think that the tough part of it because this is something that was tough for me initially was like I was always fine being other people's videos but if it was my video then if anything goes wrong it's on yeah. me. It's like, Oh, I see. Does any part of you feel that part?
1: No, because when I help you, I, I want you to succeed. I don't want, I don't want to get in the way of your video, you know? Right.
0: But if it was your video, yeah, if it was, it was your was, channel. It was just you. Just you feel video. that pressure
2: of like, I probably, oh, this is
0: all on me.
1: I probably would. Cause it's just me and my names on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I probably would. Especially
0: yeah. with yeah. your pride too, as you talked about.
1: I do. I, I don't know, even know where it comes from. I, I'm still working on being more confident in everyday life. It does come across at work, so I have to work at it at work as well, just to be seen more as like a leader. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and even though that's a weird way of saying it, it could also translate into doing content. Yeah. You could be a leader at something, you could feel confident enough to talk about something.
2: Well, it seems like with you, and, and this is just part of me knowing you personally. Is I, mm-hmm. I feel like you feel so fervently, like you feel. I, I can. You're just such a feelings person that, it, yeah. a challenge, something that Stephen and I have talked a lot about in our maturation process is the ability to, um, let go of some of that stuff. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's it's one thing to feel it and to navigate through your feelings, but I think sometimes there comes a point where you need to learn how to um maybe acknowledge the feelings but then sort of let them pass like let let the wave pass and it's it's tough yeah especially like i said with a person like you who feels so deeply and powerfully I'm, i'm sure developing that skill even if you want to call it that of you know these things affect me, but I'm going to be able to let them go to a level where I can continue doing what I want to do. That's it is hard. It's really hard.
1: I know. No, you're right.
0: Before we move to the, the, like the game at the end here, Mm -hmm. I want to ask this because I think everyone who knows you, who has been a part of, uh, like a live stream or seen you in the, my YouTube chat (laughs) as a moderator or something. Yeah. What do you think it would take for you to get started to make content? I, I know we've done, we've done our podcast together You've hopped into some of my stuff. But what do you think it would take for you to actually take that step forward?
1: I think that I need to just feel confident in myself. I, when I was taking improv classes, I eventually was able to practice and learn about the, the craft. And eventually I felt really professional with it. So maybe if I do the same thing with whatever content that I put out on YouTube, if I learn more about it, study up on it, feel more of an expert in it.
2: Well, I feel like, though, you were – he, here's the distinction I see, and, and I think Stephen is thinking the same thing, is – You still did improv. Yeah. And then you learned as you went and you became more of an expert as you went. Yeah. So maybe the hang up isn't like you becoming an expert first and then doing it. Maybe it is just like we've kind of learned is just start putting stuff out there. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. See what happens. Learn as you go and you'll develop those skills. I mean, you have a lot to offer. I mean, You've been uh, an awesome part of the stuff that we've done. Thanks, Shout guys. out to uh, Guy Gets Things. Oh, Guy Gets oh, Things. Yeah. Guy, Gets <laughs> <laughs> things. Wait, Guy Gets Things. Wait,
1: what's Guy Gets Things?
0: You haven't heard a guy
2: get No, sent I haven't this?
1: heard a guy get sent. It's just
0: some app.
2: If <laughs> <laughs> you download they'll be here. <laughs> um, and then you guys had a pop, Bad Italians. I always really enjoy in- lot. Of, I know a lot of people that uh, are fans of the uh, Everything Must Go podcast are also big fans of the Bad Italians. So Aww. It's just like, you know, start doing some stuff. I mean, you have you have that creativity to offer. I I think you'll become that expert that you want to become as, as you go, you know,
1: thank you.
0: And you got us to help too. Yeah. We got, we got some pointers. We We don't always know what we're doing, but I I can tell you what not to do. I got pretty good at that with YouTube
1: Guys, these guys are good okay like they're setting up the microphones we're good yeah, they're we're good turning the thingy on and off for you know loudness and- kind of <laughs> <laughs> steven bought a camera I, I mean geez, i need
2: a better leather jacket but oh here comes the tree
1: Dah 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 Happy December everybody. We're getting married Yeah, that, no this would be like All right, that's uh, my other Yes. Yeah, there we go. Give you my heart <laughs> the very next day. I think I, I had a Freudian slip. I yeah. would like to get married on Christmas. on Christmas. Well, so I want to take this time. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I no. want to take this time to introduce <gasps> us to movie
0: <gasps> critics. <gasps> Moscow. <laughs> oh, whoa,
1: I don't think they have. Um, the- <laughs> oh, no. I don't think they right. have. Uh, what is it? The clap sound effect. So I'll just.
2: Yeah, there you go. You,
1: I'll just you do sound it. Effect. Yeah. Okay. Sound effect. One day we'll, we'll have enough. In our uh, our bank accounts to get an actual clip,
0: or we'll just buy an audience.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I want to buy a studio audience for every episode.
1: We might have lost Brandon though. That's a problem. No, no, we got this. this is perfect.
0: There's one thing. Brandon, right. Brandon's in tech ops, right? I'm tech ops. Tech ops. <laughs> I'm not I'm
1: a tech ops guy. Who's the
0: equipment
1: guy? I, am I equipment I guy? I think you're
0: equipment guy. What I'm the
1: equipment hell? Guy. <laughs> I'm equipment guy. I'm equipment.
2: I'm sorry. This actually is- <laughs>
1: Is it Locked broken? Up. No, oh, it's not
2: broken. It just it popped it. off.
1: Oh no.
0: So. No, I think you can just uh try uh, twisty. Tw- uh, screw the gray part around, I think. The silver part?
1: Yeah, screw it in. But this Brandon. needs
0: to go on too.
1: Yeah, everything needs to go in, Brandon. All right. Get it? You're good. <laughs> okay, here we go. See what happens when you talk all sexual. Things just work.
2: Yeah. So, anyways, if you want to check out uh, <laughs> Jess and I've scene on OnlyFans, yeah, it's only five ninety nine a month. <laughs> Can you imagine so, uh, if people
1: paid for us for OnlyFans?
2: I guarantee people would. Uh, yeah, probably. For my flannel,
1: I guess I'd have to take it off. I,
2: mean, I guess there's yeah, your flannel would definitely have. to <laughs> It'd have to come off. All right, fine. Um, for okay. five ninety
1: nine, you got me doing anything, baby.
0: <laughs> Tony, cut that out. Tony, <laughs> cut that out and post.
1: You better keep that fucking in, Tony. All
2: right, all right. I'm gonna pull up our uh, our movies. Say, so I tried to theme the movies this time around around uh, like Thanksgiving. Oh, fun! Thanksgiving Perfect. stuff, and uh, hopefully that you know because this is the week of things. Now this episode won't come out till later, but um, you know. Just so you guys know when uh, when we're doing this, it's uh, sort of a Thanksgiving-themed movie critics must go today. Perfect. Yeah, um, okay. So I'm pulling it up here. So our okay. first one is called... Oh, and for those of you who don't remember, the premise of this is we read a synopsis of a movie, and based off that, off that synopsis alone, we have to guess what the uh, critic score um, on Rotten Tomatoes okay. is. Okay, okay. So... The first one is called Son-in-Law. Have you seen this one? I have not. 1993.
1: Oh, my God. I was I was a toddler. You were like 40 at that point. <laughs> All right. I was. Well, how old was I? You were Eight, in college. 86.
2: 86. Um, so you were, what, seven? Oh, God.
1: I was. God, you're old. Oh Anyways, uh,
2: Country Girl Rebecca, played by Carla Gug- Gugino, Gugino. Yeah. has spent most of her life on a farm in South Dakota. Kay. And when she goes away to college in Los Angeles, Rebecca immediately feels out of place in the daunting urban setting. She is befriended by a savvy party animal named Crawl, played by Polly Shore, who convinces the ambulance ambivalent Rebecca to stay in the city.
1: I have seen this.
2: When Thanksgiving break rolls around, Rebecca, no longer an innocent farm girl invites crawl back to South Dakota where he pretends to be her. I have
1: seen this. All
2: right. So you have, you better win this one. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. This is the first time this has ever happened. Someone's actually seen the movie. I've
1: seen it. Uh, Polly Shore is hilarious. He goes back with her to the farm and he, he's like a, a cowboy, you know, he,
0: You, you yeah. better get this right then. All right. Well, you can start it off then. <laughs> oh,
2: Actually, we should have her go last because she's seen it. So she has an advantage. Okay. We don't want to use her Yeah, score. yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: It's so out of ten, 10, Okay. Right?
2: No, it's 100%. Okay.
1: 100%. So oh,
0: 100%. I already have a slight advantage here. Cause so I know that Jess has seen this movie. So if Jess has seen this movie, um, I feel like Jess is not one to watch really really bad movies but definitely is someone who would think that a bad movie is a good movie a pretty good movie yeah so i could see a movie that was like a 40 percent on rotten tomatoes (laughs) being a movie that jess is like yeah it's a really really good movie
1: i liked it
0: um someone that would say like you know weekend at bernie's is like one of the best movies ever which is okay it's It's so good good i I liked it i liked it i liked it um so based on it came out in 93 seems kind of quirky seems like it's very like well fitting for the times mm-hmm. i think that this movie is going to be pretty good is my guess but probably not like incredible so like 77 oh
2: 77 that's See, high I, yeah wow i that's thought you were way lower i'm actually thinking a lot lower because i feel like the critics are very critical yeah cri- <laughs> especially when it comes yes. to like comedy movies I don't really feel like Paulie. I mean, Paulie Shore. I, I think a lot of people know who he is, but I don't mm-hmm. feel like he's like some a list actor. Oh, he
1: was real big in '93. Though. He, yeah, he was he big, was really but big I feel like
2: he is the kind of big that Will Ferrell. Uh, maybe not as big as Will Ferrell ever got, but yeah, like. Will Ferrell, I think Step Brothers is hilarious, but I'm pretty sure it's got a bad critic score yeah. on, on Rotten Tomatoes. So I'm actually going to give this a 46%. I'm going yeah. to say that critics did not like this movie. Yeah. I'm sure that it actually is fun. I, I like Paulie Shore. I think he's hilarious. Um, but I I don't think the critics like this one. So what do you think?
1: I agree with you, Brandon. I think that the critics probably wouldn't like it. I'm going to give it a 53
2: Fifty three percent. Okay, mm-hmm. here we go.
0: Man, yeah, I'm I'm real high on this one, I guess. I didn't think it's, that it's a quirky too high.
1: It's a quirky comedy, so I'm gonna I'm staying low.
2: So uh the results are in. Okay. And it turns out it got a twenty one percent. So I am the closest on this one. Damn. The audience score isn't even that good. It's got a fifty eight percent audience well, score. Well,
0: I am just i was base. close with
2: the audience <laughs> score. i thought you were gonna go way lower the way you were talking what made yeah. you go 70s what the hell
1: jeez i don't even think some of the best four star movies got 70
0: yeah i probably shot it a little higher i don't know a little part of me just felt like 90s comedy is, even though they would be rated low would still be rated kind of high by today's standards that was yeah, my thought maybe okay but I still went way too long.
2: Well, maybe you can redeem yourself on this one. This next okay. one's called Free Birds. Have you seen Free <gasps> Birds?
1: The one with the birds. <laughs> I think so. Wow. Mm. Yep. Is it the one where she's like seven and she's in a field and there's a bunch of birds?
2: No. Oh, okay. That's actually the exact synopsis. <laughs> Seven-year-old is in a field with a bunch of birds. That's all it says. Oh my god! <laughs> I knew it. This one's twenty thirteen. It's it's. Oh, uh, never mind. It's not animated, but it's like.
0: Like Jimmy Neutron? Like Jimmy Neutron. What? <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> I think so. Jimmy Neutron. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: Pardoned by the president, a lucky turkey uh, named Reggie, played by Owen Wilson, gets okay. to live a carefree lifestyle until, until fellow foul Jake, played by Woody Harrelson, recruits him for a history-changing mission. Jake and Reggie travel back in time to the year 1621, just before <gasps> the first Thanksgiving. The plan? prevent all turkeys from ever becoming <laughs> holiday dinners.
1: I love this.
2: Unfortunately, the two birds encounter colonist Miles Standish, played by Cole Meany. Wow. Meany. Probably a Meany, too. Yeah. He? Out to capture feathered friends for all the hungry pilgrims. So I'm pretty sure Owen Wilson and Woody Harrelson are turkeys in this movie.
1: Um, I'm going to go you like 10%. 10, 10%, <laughs>
2: 10%. You're, you're starting off starting with the 10%. I'm saying 10%. All right.
1: But I'm worried that you guys, however you frame these movies, one's bad, then one's, like, outstandingly I, no, it's good. Random. It's, it's always
2: random, really yeah, random. Random. I don't even know. I don't okay. look at all. Okay,
1: all right. Ooh. I'm going to say 10%. 10%?
2: Yeah. Wow, that's real low.
1: I mean, it's turkey talking.
0: It does sound pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, this movie, just, like, thinking of an Owen Wilson, he's a turkey in this movie. So, like, yeah. I'm sure that some people might be like, oh, it's kind of funny, like, he's a turkey. I'm sure there's, like, a couple stoners who were in this movie. (laughs) But, like, I don't even want to say that much higher than Jess. I feel like this seems like the recipe for an absolute, like, critic to just... Like, critics to just tear it apart and write some pretentious thing about this. So, I'm going to say that this is a... 18%. 18%. Okay.
2: Okay. So, I'm going to be somewhat close to my last score because I think... I think you'd probably get a couple critics in there who understand this movie for what it was intended. Okay. Where it's like, you know, this is for the kids. This is an animated movie. You know, like, I'm not going to be too harsh on it or whatever. So I'm going to say 43% on this. Okay, one. okay. Okay. Drum roll? <laughs> Wow.
1: Oh, God, what? Results are in. Oh, God. 20%. Steve oh! Picks the cake. <laughs> Oh, good job, Steven. When I'm Steve-o. close, I'm
0: close.
2: The audience score is 44%, so I was close to that one. But we don't go by audience score, we go by yeah, critic score. Good job score. on that one, Steven. Good job all right. Once again, our guest has zero right, and we are tied one to one. Wow. We've played this game before. It's like a definite <laughs> theme. Um, all right, so this could be our last one.
1: Okay. All right.
2: This one's called Friendsgiving. I don't have much of a synopsis for this one.
1: Is it the one where they're all sitting? There's like twenty of them, and they're sitting around a big table for Thanksgiving. I don't know why
2: you do this. I haven't and seen they, any of these Okay, okay, movies. okay, I wouldn't okay. Would be able to tell you.
1: All right. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All
2: right. All right. <laughs> is it the one where the seven-year-olds in the field and there's eighty people it, and then the. And is it, it is from, it from 1997 or uh,
1: 1997? Or 1997?
2: I don't have a year on this one actually. <laughs> Oh, uh, Molly and Abby host a dysfunctional, chaotic, and comical Thanksgiving dinner with their close crew of close friends. Okay. Dinner with their crew of close friends. There we go.
1: Oh, no. I'm thinking about home for the holidays.
2: Yeah. I keep trying to guess what the movie is. Sorry. Oh, my God. You're something else. Um, okay. <laughs> so this time I'll go first because you guys have already gotten to go first. We have
1: All so right. little to go
0: off of this
2: one. I
1: know. Yeah. <laughs> So it's a dysfunctional uh, Friendsgiving? Yeah.
2: You know what? I feel like this is a feel-good movie. I feel like All right. this one, um, you know, there's not a lot of... I don't really think of Thanksgiving movies. You pretty much got Christmas movies. So yeah. I think, you know... It's true. As far as Thanksgiving movies go, I think this one is probably one that's like, okay, if we're going to watch a Thanksgiving movie, let's throw on Friendsgiving. It probably also... <laughs>
1: There's probably
2: a, you know, there's probably, uh, some people who are like, you know, I relate to this, you know, I've got friends and we have a little celebration and and we
1: like to give.
2: Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to give it, um, a 74%.
1: Oh my God. Um, well, I hate, I hate to always pick low numbers, so I'm going to give it a 65%. 65%.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So we got very little to go off this, uh,
1: but they're friends. What more do you need?
0: Just thinking about the type of movie that this would be. It's not one that I would have much interest in seeing. I think you're on to something about how there's not a lot of Thanksgiving movies. So I feel like that might just give it like a few extra points. So I think I would put this movie normally at like 50 percent, but I'll bump it up to like 55 percent because it's rare to have a Thanksgiving movie.
1: Well,
2: folks, the results are in. Steven wins this round. <gasps> it's got a nineteen percent. Stop
1: it! Really? These are
2: all shit movies today.
1: <laughs> oh my God!
0: Holy crap. That hey, movie did horrible.
1: The the son in law one is really good. That's not that's not. See, this is crappy. what I'm talking about.
0: This is how Jess is with movies. <laughs> what? Like a movie that's not that good is like pretty good for Jess. The, the th- son
1: in Law one. I'm not talking about the Yeah, I
0: know, but like even that movie was, ones. like what, what percent did that get? This, like uh, son-in-law Let me go look
2: again Yeah Like
1: Forget what that was 20 20 something I 20 think.
2: something percent I think Yeah 21 percent 21 percent Friendsgiving came out In 2020
0: That literally came oh out Oh my god
1: year. Home for the holidays <laughs> Is another movie That has to do With Thanksgiving
0: I feel like Yeah I mean Even knowing that context Friendsgiving in 2020 When no one's spending Time oh, with I each know. other know That's sad Probably
1: Never mind Probably wasn't That's good Also Should we come up and write a Thanksgiving movie Because I think we could do better Yeah I think we should do like And there's not that many Thanksgiving movies
0: We should make the Nightmare Before Christmas equivalent But for Thanksgiving I love how
2: these ideas stick. It's start. perfect Yeah I think it's, it's, it's like It's like
0: the Easter Bunny And Jeffrey the Turkey And that's where it- that's, where I, that's as far as I've gotten today. We could do Jimmy, Jimmy the turkey.
1: Or we
2: could do Owen the turkey in, oh, in honor of yeah, Owen Wilson's Owen the turkey Bird, and
0: so. Easter the bunny. They, oh my they gosh, come together somehow. That's a really good
2: that's idea. Beautiful. That's beautiful. I think
0: we got a <laughs> trademark. We would have DM never had that idea R. if it wasn't for Jess being on the show here today. So, Jess.
1: Thank you, guys. I'm saying full
2: of creativity.
0: <laughs> Jess is full of creativity. Full of
1: something, that's for sure. Big
0: uh, big thank you. Jess, anything that you want to, uh, like, do you want people to follow you on social media? Anything you want to pub that's coming up? What are you feeling?
1: Sure, you can always follow me. I, you could find me. At, I know, Brandon, I don't think you have an Instagram anymore. I any do not, not anymore, no. Okay, well, I am friends with Steven on Instagram. I think I'm JessDem55 think i have to yeah i'm pretty sure that's right sure that's me but yeah follow me let's be friends i'd be happy to and
0: Mm -hmm. a big thank you for being on today's show and uh getting some pretty deep topics here today i thought this would be a good one something uh a little different and uh i i enjoyed having you on
1: thank you so much thank you guys oh my god i appreciate you guys thank you very much
2: um well yeah if you guys want to reach out with any comments questions concerns you can Find us on social media apps, Twitter, Instagram, at EMGpod, or you can email us, uh, emgpod at gmail.com. Also, if you are a content creator on this pursuit and you want to be a guest on the show, please reach out to us. We are always looking for new people, new wonderful people like Jess here to be on the show. So thank Very you guys sweet. so much for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time.
0: Take it easy, everybody. I'm holding on to you.